Welcome to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, joined as always by my co-host, Bluffton's finest, Adam Ballinger. How are you, Balls? I'm doing great. Just just wonderful. Just great. Just stuffed in a few slices of pizza before yeah, the record. Pizza with jalapenos before we came in here and got grease all over my hands, but doing it tough. You know, like you still gotta show up, you still gotta do the work. You're an animal. You're a, you're a true <laughs> bat you're a true Aussie battler. And yeah, that's right. I guess I am an Aussie bat. Yeah, I'm both. American. Australian American. <laughs> <laughs> and we're joined here uh, by our newest import. Very excited to have him here, Ian Clark. Ian, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. What's it been like? Obviously, a pretty hectic time for you. You've only been here for about a week. Uh, what, what's the transition been like? Um, it's been good. A um, lot thrown at you, obviously, uh, coming in and trying to trying to keep up, especially going on a road trip with the guys. But it's been good getting to know everybody. Um, everybody's been really helpful. Uh, I'm just trying to uh, get settled in, obviously, off the court and on the court. Um, and know find my way so I can get comfortable and, and get to playing yeah how was that road trip obviously we just come back from a little trip to Tassie a couple of preseason games where our young guys got a good run uh what was that like you know flying into Melbourne and then immediately turning around and getting out to Tassie for a few of those games it was a lot um no sleep for sure yeah. but um it, it was great getting to getting to get around everybody some of the guys and know them obviously on and off the court know what they like to do uh but also just just getting to know them as 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 teammates, you know what I mean. And I think that's the biggest thing um, coming in early. Um, so uh, we had a good, good two games. Um, I think we we uh, the first game was kind of a little settled in, but we saw improvements in the second one. And I think uh, we're going to build off that going on going into this week. Who were some of the young guys on the team that you come in? Obviously, it was basically all young guys, apart from a few of our fully rostered guys playing. But who were some of those young guys that you saw and you're like, wow, I didn't expect this, or I didn't know a lot about him, and, and they've impressed. Cam, for sure, uh, as a shooter, but he got some craftiness to him. Uh, it was good to see him play well um, and get out. And also uh, Foxy. Foxy was, understanding, 17 years old, um, but um, he's very poised for his age. And, and seeing him, uh, me and him got close because we rode in the bus, I mean, on the, in the vans together mm. on the way to the games and, and from the airport and everything. So it was good to just get to know him. And he you know, asked questions and, you know, trying to pick my brain a little bit and I try to help him as much as possible. So those two for sure. Yeah, I guess – you know, you've you've been around, you've played all over the world now, and this is your third year in the NBL. How important do you think that is for someone like yourself to come in and make sure you're accessible for those young guys who are maybe looking to learn and and carve out their own careers? Um, I think it's 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 a key, um, especially not not only me but uh, Delhi as well. You know, guys that have a lot of experience and has played um, a long time, uh, being able to. To be a, a sponge, um, let, let the guys be a sponge and, you know, ask me any kind of questions that they need. If they need help, I don't want to overdo it, obviously, but at the same time, um, I'm, I'm here if they need me. And so being able to come in early, um, obviously the last two years I've, I'm coming in like mid-season. So being able to have a preseason, um, like I said, get to know the guys early um, instead of coming in halfway and kind of you know, trying to just get my foot on the, on the ground and try to run. I can ease my way into it now, so it's been good. Yeah, coming in, so like you said, coming in mid-season and – as a, uh, a guy that's played on a lot of teams, especially, you know, in your position that you play, how hard is it to um, to come in and, like, learn the plays? Like, every team's got their own philosophy. Every team's got their own plays. But do you find that because you've been on in so many different situations, everything kind of, you know, like there's only so many actions, so many things you can do on a court. Does it come easily to you or does it take a bit of time to to learn the plays and to, to kind of get a feel for what you know, the coach wants and the players want? Um, I think it's – it's not easy, but at the same time, I'm like I'm kind of used to it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think the the biggest thing is just terminology. Like you said, there's only so many 
plays we can run yeah. at the same time. Um, every team, every coach has their own sayings and, you know, whether it's ice or whether it's, you know, weak or with left or right or switch or blue, whatever the case may be. Um, it's just learning the terminology of the team. I think that's the biggest thing. But other than that, you know, basketball is basketball. And I think, you know, once you've been playing a long time, when you, you get into so, those kind of situations, um, you just hope that your instincts just take over and they do. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I feel like too, like they already know who you are coming in. So all you got to do is be the player you've always been and just kind of fit in a little bit that way. But um, that always helped. I always <laughs> learning plays wasn't my uh, wasn't my specialty, but as I felt as long as I just did what they thought I could do coming in, uh, yeah. and then eventually it'll click in. But it it wasn't like a first day thing for me. You were just like, give me a mid post catch and I'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. I just pick and roll, pick and pop. Either just don't get too uh, don't get too complex. Well, we talk about coming in and especially, you know, introducing yourself to the team. You know, you're a face that that uh, our fans may have seen playing for Sydney, playing for Adelaide coming in mid-season. But you're also someone that our fans and, and even Balls and I, this is our first time meeting you. So, you know, we don't know a lot about you. So can you tell us just a bit about yourself and, and a bit about, um, you know, why you wanted to come here? Um, well, I think, you know, obviously my agent did a good job uh, <laughs> kind of picking out you know, the, the best situations for me. And I've been done that over the last, you know, 11 years. It's going to my 11th year. Um, but um, I think that, you know, for me, it was just finding the right fit, finding I'm a, I'm a winner. I like to win. You know, I'm a competitor as well. So um, finding those um, right situations for me where I can, I feel like I'll, I'll thrive and, and be the player that I can be, um, I think that was big for me. And um, also just, you know, the culture. I understand the culture that they have here at Melbourne United and uh, those things fit well with who I am as a person um, and who I am on the court. So I think that fans will see that obviously throughout the year um, and you know, I can't wait to get, get to it with the guys. You talk about culture. I feel like that's something, it's just a word that just gets thrown around a lot. Um, can you talk a bit about how that tangibly like affects a team, whether you can you know, obviously I don't want you to name names if you go on anywhere that has bad culture, but it, you know, when you come into an environment and you just think like, wow, this is a winning culture or wow, this is maybe something different than I expected. Um, it's you, you try to, how can I say this? Um, find things in the, in like in practice, uh, whether we're on the road or, or just how you communicate. I think those things stand out and, uh, but also those they trickle down. So the things that we do, um, you know, off the court, whether it's team meals, um, you know, riding together, coach has us, um, you know, being involved in film where guys actually talk and, you know, can call guys out, but uh, being accountable. Um, those things trickle down to on the floor. And I think if you have those, um, if they all come together, um, it's, it's a successful winning. And I've been on, you know, a few teams, obviously we won a, won a couple of championships in my, in my career, one in NBA, one in NBL. And both those teams had those things. And so um, obviously uh, Melbourne's won it as well. Um, you know, a lot of NBL titles, so um, they, they know what their culture is. And I think that, you know, a guy like me coming in, um, I just want to add to it as much as possible um, and, and try to keep it going. You speak about, you know, you can tell when you hit the court and especially in practice, your first day practicing with the squad today. What was that like? And, you know, walk me through that, that first day and how it felt to be in the United Blue and get on the court and actually, um, you know, get the ball in your hands. Tired. <laughs> um uh you know it's 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 always hard you know being at being at home and trying to replicate five on five you can't do it um as much as you try i can get all the workouts in as much as possible but going up and down and, and playing five on five defense to offense is tough but today was great um it felt good to just 
you know, get my feet wet, just get out there and, and, and play with the guys. Obviously, you know, playing a little bit more points today was good because I got to learn the plays uh, on the fly, but it helped me uh, speed up the process a little bit. But it was just, it's just great. Um, being able to compete, like I said, I love to compete and win. And 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 like I said, starting out um, today being my first practice, um, I'm, I'm happy. I know we don't got all our guys back yet, but um, I think we I think we moving in the right direction. You talk about not having our guys here, but I want to talk a bit more about this group that we've put together. But we'll get to that after the break. Melbourne United memberships are on sale now. Lock in your seat for the most exciting show in Australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across next season. To find out more, go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United with Ian Clark. Ian, we touched a little bit before the break about this team we're putting together and the guys that aren't here at the moment being away on FIBA duties, but talk to me a bit about how appealing this roster is for yourself coming in to potentially be a final piece of a, a championship winning puzzle? Um, I think we we have all the pieces. I think so. Um, you know, we got we got shooting, we got length, we have depth, um, we have size, and I think it's just about putting it all together. I know we have some guys, me coming in new, learning guys. I know um, A hasn't played in a year, coming back from injury, so getting him up to speed. But like you said, having guys um, – Playing it in on the FIBA level, that's have, having that 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 bump and that juice uh, coming off playing well. Um, I think they'll they'll come in right and obviously fit right in. But I think that um, all all in all together, um, you know, I think we have the pieces to be a, a championship team. Yeah, when you look around this team, you've got guys like Chris and Delhi and Shay, who's been absolutely killing it for New Zealand at the moment. But when you look at that group and especially sort of the guard rotation, Flynn Cameron as well. You as a fellow guard coming into that, how do you see that fit being, and how do you see all you guys being able to play off each other? Um, I mean, I think we're we're all versatile. Um, you know, we got guys that can play off the ball, guys that can play on the ball. We have shooting, so we can spread the floor. Coach just talked earlier um, before I came in um, about how you know we can have you know three guys, me, Tan, uh, CG, that can shoot the ball. So it's you know you can space the floor out for those guys to go down. Uh, down low to go to work, um, you know, going one on one and, and have their matchup. So um, I think we can play different, a lot of different ways, and uh, I think that'll help us. You talk about shooting. I want to know, I guess, when you're coming up as a basketball player, when I guess does it click? And you can maybe chime in on this as well, balls being the shooting specialist that you are. But when does it sort of click that, like, oh yeah, this is this can be my primary skill. I'm a really good shooter. Is it is it something that I guess you notice at a young age or is it something like this is something, this is a part of my game I want to work on and become elite at it? Uh, for me, I think it was something at an early age. I think that other people kind of told me, you know, obviously um, you're your own worst critic, mm. you know, so, you know, me me thinking that I was one way as a player, um, you know, I had coaches and my teammates tell me that, oh man, you're, you're a shooter, you know, and I, I start running, start running plays for me to, you know, shoot, shoot threes or, or just shoot the ball, catch and shoot. So, um, I learned at an early age that it was like a skill of mine. Obviously, it's the the thing that that it helped me get to where I am. Um, and then everything else is something I've just been trying to work on and get better at as a player over the years. Yeah, I'm I'm from Indiana, so I was born I was born being <laughs> born able to a shoot. shooter. Born a shooter. Being from Tennessee, yeah, I mean that's not a whole lot of shooters coming out of. Yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> I'm just talking, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, as far as like, yeah, you kind of get told early like yeah. that that you're good at it, and then that reinforces 
the uh, work. Yeah, it gives you confidence. Confidence is a huge part of shooting. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, it's the work. It's putting in the reps. It's kind of learning, learning how to shoot first. You got to do it the right way, and then just getting up rep after rep after rep, like you do, Ben, in the mornings down here. At the well, we don't need to talk about gun. my shooting. Oh, that's sixty percent, sixty percent on three hundred shots oh. this morning. Oh, okay. that's good. That's damn good. Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what to say. But what about so you and CG? I mean, that's going to be. Are you, are you looking forward to uh, the after practice uh, shooting comps with For him? Sure. He, yeah, because I know you're a guy that likes to get into some competitions. We'll talk about that, that later. But he's a, he's a guy too that can't you know just extra shots just all the time, all yeah. the time. We used to do it. Him and I used to do it all the time, but I couldn't hang with him once he started getting extended past the three-point line, man. Yeah. He can just – so that'll be fun to watch. No, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, obviously, you just, it's, it's all fun and games. It's, it's about pushing each other and getting better, but having some fun with it as well, especially after practice, it'll be good. So I can't wait till he gets back. I guess it's interesting you talk about, you know, not being able to wait till you can play with someone like CJ and just practice with him. When you're a, a player that's within this league – but going up against other guys, do you sort of look at a certain group of guys and like, wow, I would love to play with him or man, what he does is so special. I guess coming into this team, I know you only played against United once during both your seasons, but did you ever see guys like Chris or like a Deli or a, or a Shane and be like, man, if I could play next to him, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'll be honest. Not really. Mm. Only because I'm such a competitor. So when I'm on the other side of it, it's, I'm trying to take your head off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, I don't mean that seriously, but at the same time. Um, oh, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a competitor. So, um, obviously, I respect those guys. I know what they can do. Um, I mean, even last year, the game that I um, I didn't play, we played in Adelaide against um, United, and CG went off. And I'm just like, those are one of those. If you want to talk about a time, there was a time I'm like, man, he can, like, he can really, really shoot it. Obviously, mm -hmm. I know what he can do, but seeing it live, you know, for the first time uh, was good. So, I don't really think about playing with him necessarily um, when I'm in the heat of the battle. Uh, but I think, you know, obviously watching them from afar, you respect their games, you know what they can do. Um, and if it comes to a circus like this moment, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm on this side. Yeah. <laughs> Is it moments like that that I guess when you do come into an environment like this that just make you think like, all I want to do as a competitor is I want to be better and I want to help push him and I want to use him to push myself. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what it's all about. I think if we – if we as a collective are doing that, you know, from top to bottom, you know, whether it's A and Joe, whether it's Deli and Shay, whether it's me and CG, whatever the case may be, um, I want to make sure that, you know, it's it's a, it's a two-way street as far as, um, you know, being competitive, pushing each other, helping each other get better. If you see something that I've done, I've done wrong or I can do better, you know, let me know and I, I'll try to do the same because uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're all on the same page, you know, we, we all chasing after one, one, one goal and so, if we all on the same page, headed towards that goal, man, we can't we can't do anything but get better. And I guess as a guard, you touched on A and Joe. What's it like to know that you've got two elite bigs that you can dish it down to, but also throw it up and, and let them do the work? Yeah, I think it's it's both sides. It's dish it down, throw it up, and it's you know if I'm if I'm on defense, I know I can climb up to my guy because I got those guys behind me being anchors. So um, it's it's going to be great, especially playing with both of those guys. Um, obviously learning their game still. I haven't played with Joe. I haven't seen him play in a long time. So, um, you know, getting getting acquainted with him. But I think that those two are going to be big for us, and uh, especially for me because I'm, I'm getting a little old. I'm a little older. <laughs> so uh, being able to, to keep my foot speed up. Um, but at, at the same time, like I said, having the confidence to, to pressure guys, to get up in the guys, to not get screened, knowing that I got those guys behind me to clean it up is going to be great. 
Yeah, awesome. And I guess you only played, like we mentioned earlier, you only played against United once last game of last season. Uh, obviously, it was a, a sold-out United crowd, a, a pretty hectic game in terms of finals implications. I know Adelaide needed to win by a lot to try to make a the lot. finals and, <laughs> and we just needed to win by as much as we could to sort of help stave off Perth, which didn't end up happening, which we can move past that. But <laughs> what was that environment like to go in and just play to such a raucous crowd and knowing there was so much on the line? It was great, man. Like I said, um, you know, my first time playing against these guys and, you know, you, you, you have something to play for. Obviously it's hard to kind of just – go out and, and think about having to win by so many instead of just winning the game is winning by, you know, whatever. I think it was like 25 or I don't mm. know, maybe 30. I can't even remember what it was, but it was a lot. And so, uh, but the environment was great. Obviously the crowd is really loud. This guy got some good plays, uh, took, made some, made a big, some big shots, mm. um, had some big plays against us. But um, like I said, it, it was great. I had a good time. Um, you know, it's, those, those kind of games are kind of iffy. I think if it was just a straight up, you know, we win or, guys win mm. it was it would have been a little bit more competitive but I think that we have to play such a fast pace to get those points on the board to kind of make up for what we need to make up yeah I guess when it's in the moment and I guess maybe coming down the stretch and you're like okay we're not going to be able to win by whatever margin we need to does the mindset flip to like well let's just ruin whatever Melbourne is trying to do for sure for sure we're just trying to you know trying to win the game mm. um and do what we can you always want to go out you know on a, on a high note and um, I think that was most of our, I mean, all of our guys. Um, that was that was our mindset. You know, we we knew we wanted. We had aspirations. Obviously, being on paper, we knew we were good. Um, trying to put everything together. Me coming in late and the you know things that they were going through. Um, I think that it kind of deflated us a little bit being in that position to be able to say that we needed to win by that much to get into you know to mm. prolong our season, but. At the same time, you know, you got to go out and be a, be a professional, do your job and, and, and still win and, and do what you need to do for your fans. And I guess that fan environment, does that, I guess, register when you were looking at somewhere to sign and, and it eventually came down to United and being like, oh, when I did play there, the fans were amazing and I hope it's like that every time I'm wearing this uniform. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was loud, man. You've got guys heckling you in the crowd, which is good, offline in games, but uh, knowing that you have their support, um, you know, everybody's going to come out and going to support you every game, especially I think our first game is against Phoenix. Yeah, Southeast Throwdown. So, you know, being it's going to be big, you know what I mean? So um, I'm excited for that, man, just to get up and, and be in front of the crowd and have that first home game. What's it like as a competitor? And again, Balls, this is something you can chime in on. When you have a, a club that is so directly your rival, you know, whether that's professionally or in college, what's it like going into those games where, they, you know, there could be, a genuine dislike for that other team. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I've I had it a lot in college. Um, being at playing at Belmont um, Lipscomb University was right up the road, so we had a we call it the Battle of the Boulevard, mm -hmm. and it was you know because we share the same street, um, so you know we win as Belmont Boulevard. They they win, they change it, but at the same time, um, those games were were always hectic. You know, leading up into it, there's so much hype, so much media coverage around it. Um, and you, you you live for those games. Those those are the, the big ones that you're trying to circle uh, to make sure that you you get it for all the, the the fans' reasons. You know the the you know bragging rights and all of that stuff. I think that um, all of that plays a part. So it's fun, uh, especially when it's a natural rivalry. So uh, 
you know, like the NBA or the, even the NFL tries to build up these rivalries, but mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of fake. You know, they're yeah, kind of yeah. just only in the media to try and get people around it. But like you said, in college, we certainly had uh, rivalries in, in college too. But then, yeah, and I mean, it just adds extra oomph to the game, you For know, sure. like a little extra push and shove and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the players feel it too. Yeah. Well, Balls, you're about to add in a little bit of extra oomph into this podcast because after this break, we're going to get into Fast Five with Balls. Want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United? Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio and articles about your favourite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United and it's time for Fast Five with Balls. Ready? This is Fast Five with Balls. Been waiting for this the whole time. Now we're on to the, uh, the fun stuff. Yeah, they're hard-hitting. I'll be ready. Alrighty, let's get into it. But uh, okay, so um, we talked about your shooting prowess. Um, I heard a rumor. I heard that, that you said that you've never been beaten in a three-point contest in the NBL. So what was that? Over two or three years? Uh, two years. I don't want to call my guy out, but I'm gonna call him out. Robo, that's my guy. He's playing over <laughs> in Japan right now. But we had some battles um, in Adelaide last year after practice. Obviously, it's just um, you know just some spots that we get in to just get some reps up. But obviously, making it competitive makes it that much more fun. So uh, we try to go back and forth. I, I, I try my best to get out of there without getting the win. He almost got me one game. So <laughs> shout out to Robo. I'll see you next summer, brother. Well, that's a good title to hold. But like, are we talking like, well, I guess you don't do actual real three-point contests after practice. You're not setting up like the money oh, yeah, balls. Yeah, yeah. Or anything. It's more just like. But so like, uh, uh, like tips, you ever play tips or a horse mm. or a, what do you call it? Beans. I'm not these are all Indiana. terms. No one know. knows these. No <laughs> one knows these. So are we talking straight up like best out of 10 or are you talking like? Um, um, it's like spots. So we yeah, do different spot. spots where there's, you know, it's spot shots in the corner, shakedowns, uh, I mean, uh, drift down, shakeups off the uh, ball screens, things like that. Just different things that we would do in the game naturally, but um, just making spots out of them and seeing who can get the most uh, best out of five and see who can get the most spots before it's over. It's a pretty good title to hold. I bet there were some. <laughs> some pretty good uh, three-point competitions in the NBA, like with Golden State. I mean, did a lot of those guys, was it afterwards? I mean, you know, they're all incredibly competitive, but yeah. did you, uh, was it kind of the same thing after practice there too? Um, earlier in the season. I mean, earlier, well, before yeah. the season starts, like training camp around the time we have times where we do shooting contests or play one-on-one, two-on-two, stuff like me, one-on-one, I'm sorry, um, right after. But usually when the season goes down, guys have their, their own routines that they have, um, and they just, you know, they stick to those after practice. Hmm. All right, well, there, there will, there'll be some good three-point competitions this yeah, year for, for sure. sure. Confident you you hold on to that record going in when we've got guys like Tanner and CG. Yeah, I'm putting a lot Shea. of pressure on me right now. Especially now. We'll film it. We'll film it. Put it out. Uh, okay, so um, let's see here. So after high school, you went to more of a mid-major uh, in, in college. So, you know, yeah, I don't know. Over here, they probably don't know the terms as well. But um, – in, with a career you've had, obviously you could have, should have been a you know a top recruiter or anything like. What was your experience there? Was it uh, you didn't get recruited very much, or you just decided to go to a mid major? And how do you think that helped you? Because it obviously helped in your career, you know, leading on after graduation. Um, I think that a lot of my offers came a little later in high school, so like my eleventh and uh, my junior and senior year, mm -hmm. um, I started to get more mid major offers and a little you know few high majors here and there. But um, I was you know just real with myself. Um, I knew who I was. I knew that uh, the type of player and where I wanted to go as far as my goals and my dreams and everything. But 
Um, just picking the right place to to make those happen. Um, I think obviously I wouldn't change it for the world going to any other school than going to Belmont University. Um, Coach Bird helped me tremendously. Coaching staff, Coach Ayers, uh, Coach Casey, all those guys. Um, Coach Eastrom, they they just they they helped me a lot in in my development and learning to how to how to be a professional on and off the court. So um, a lot of those things carried over, and um, you know it was great. Um, you know we it was one uh, school that. I've been to the tournament, so that was one of the things that I that I obviously was looking for uh, to be able to play in a big dance is always your dream. You see it on TV growing up as a kid, so uh, being able to have that that opportunity, and then we played three years in the made it my sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, didn't get out the first round when I was there. We got out a few years ago, but um, I think that the 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 way that we played um, fit perfect with my game, and it helped me helped me ultimately get to where I am now. Yeah, there's something to be said for you know a lot of guys want to go to the highest you know college they can go to, but you do that you're playing behind people, or you may not get to play right away. To be able to go to a, like a mid major and play right away and get that experience, and then four years of that, um, it's a good decision. I always think <laughs> I should have went to like Butler or something <laughs> like that. I'm not should have, but you say you wouldn't change anything, but you just yeah. think how you know things would be different if you're, you're playing right away and have that on your shoulders. Do you think it? Do you think it made a difference that it was also staying close to home for you? Yeah, for sure. It was a little bit more comfortable. Uh, my parents uh, could come see me play. Uh, my family could come see me play. I had my brother actually moved to Nashville when I became a freshman, so it made it easier for for my transition. Um, but being being in, in comfortable um, environments, having my friends that. Um, they went to, you know, schools close by. So I knew guys from high school that were around still. So everything felt comfortable instead of going out to, you know, California or Texas mm -hmm. where I didn't really know anybody and uh, kind of starting from scratch, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. uh, that definitely was a, a level of comfortability that, uh, that helped me. All right, let's talk locker rooms. Uh, so you've been in NBA locker rooms, college and NBL. Um, I'm not talking about like the X's and O's or like what's going on, you know, nothing behind the scenes as far as like gameplay or anything like that, but just kind of hanging out. So after practice or after games or whatever, is there a major difference? Can you tell a major difference? Because from the outside looking in, it seems like the NBA is much more uh, individual. Like everybody goes to their lockers. And it's probably different on different teams. I'm mm -hmm. sure the bad teams, no one talks, good teams, <laughs> they still hang out. But have you noticed much of a difference from college to NBA to, to the Australian like locker room environment? Um, honestly, the teams that I've been on, it hasn't been a difference. Really? Um, the teams that I've been on, we always, we call it the, uh, uh, getting caught in the matrix. It's like getting out of practice and you're just sitting in your locker and guys are just talking and we're talking and yeah. we're talking for hours and you're just sitting there and you look up, it's, you know, an hour and a half has went by. It's like, oh, I got to go shower and go home. But, um, you know, you being in those, in those environments where guys like being around each other, we like talking, we like hanging out. And I've been blessed to be in those, a lot of those locker rooms did not. So. Um, I can't really speak on the other side of that. From my experience, it's been good, and I hope it keeps going as long as I'm playing. Yeah, that's good. I like that term, too. <laughs> Getting caught in the matrix. Caught it is because you have the, the pressure of practice is over. You get to just sit tired, relax. Man. You, you just yeah. relax. You take your shoes off, socks off, and you just, like, not moving. Some guys get on their phones, but other than we're just in there, you know, talking to each other. What about, we're about to do probably turn a game on or something. There's a TV in there, and we're just hanging out. Balls, what were the locker rooms like when you were on your star-studded team in Israel? I know you guys were. Israel. <laughs> no, those are good locker rooms, too. I mean, I didn't understand what they were saying most of the time. <laughs> um, we, were, we were decent in Israel. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you go to different locker rooms. And, yeah, but the best – by far, I think the best teams are hanging out in the locker room. The yeah. best teams are doing things other than – and you already talked about this – other than just getting in and getting out and um, – I, you know what? Probably what makes the media for the talking about NBA guys is the ones that don't 
like they're individual like they're always out on their own mm -hmm. you don't see like the most of the guys are just you know they're just hoopers and they just want to hang out after yep. practice definitely uh okay <laughs> next one this is a classic question <laughs> all right what's what's the first cd you ever bought you're 32 right yeah, thirty-two. Have you ever, you bought a CD? Before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. A lot of guys. We're in twenty-two-year-olds, and they don't um, they don't even know how to work a CD. Let's see. I think the first CD I bought. <sighs> Can you remember? It would have been what, probably fourteen, fifteen, maybe before mm -hmm. that. I want to say it was either Jay Z's Black album, nice, or Kanye graduation. Oh. Classic. The I think, uh, my brother was a was he's a huge music fan. So growing up, he had a the big booklet with all the CDs. Oh yeah, used to buy. So I was I didn't have to buy it, but yeah. when I first got, I, you know, he had a stereo in his room. I remember when I was a kid, and I'm, mom, I want a stereo too. Didn't know why I wanted. I just wanted because he had one. <laughs> didn't really listen to music like him because I just used his. But um, I think when I finally got mine in my room, I remember for sure playing the Jay Z Black album all the time. So. Now, do you listen to any country music being from Tennessee, Nashville, Memphis? No country not. music at all? No, I mean, I don't dislike it. It's just... Yeah, it's just yeah. not part of what you Yeah. Mean. What about in Nashville? So was is Belmont in Nashville? Mm -hmm. Nashville. How often were you on the honky-tonk highway? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to listen to... I mean, country music's everywhere. I mean, it's there. it's, yeah. it's you inevitable. Can't... You're going to hear it for sure. And I've been in, in, in you know, bars and things like yeah. that where you hear it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I've knew, I, knew, I know some songs. I'll say that. I can't name them, so don't put me on the spot. <laughs> but, um, you know, all of my teammates, they, they love it. We used to go down, obviously, you know, doing New Year's and things where... Um, Broadway is packed and yeah. it's all the country music and honky tonk is going down there. It's, somebody just asked me um, earlier this week, it's actually changed a lot in Nashville now because it's becoming more of a, me personally as well, I think it's becoming more of a, a tourist city now. We have a yeah, lot of, I was a tourist. That's why I asked because yeah. we were out, last time I was home was in March. Okay. My wife and I went down there with a bunch of my, with a few of my high school friends, took a van, like six couples. And said that we were there for like two days. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were definitely tourists. We were doing all the touristy. <laughs> like, we were just on the, you know, going from bar to bar, having yeah. a drink here, you know, listening to country music. How much hot chicken did you eat? I did have a, a hot good. chicken. Yeah. It's good, man. It's, it's hot, hot too. Good. They it's were hot. lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good. good. Ten Tennessee, or is it Nashville chicken? It's called Nashville, Na Nashville chicken. Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, Nashville yeah. hot chicken. Yeah, it's, it's good. Exactly it's definitely, as advertised. definitely a difference. You know, being from when I was in college and seeing the transformation, guys would tell me, I used to go back to Nashville. Uh, every off season because mm -hmm. I used to work out at Belmont and my brother lived there. So um, I had all my ties there and um, seeing the difference between then and now about how many people, people ask me all the time, why are you going to Nashville? You know, a lot of guys in the off season to go to LA or they go to Miami, <laughs> you know, go to workout and things like that. And, you know, I was going back to Nashville and like, yeah, Nashville, what's going on in Nashville? <laughs> now it's totally stripped. Like they telling me, Hey man, what's what, what, yeah. what are the spots to go to now? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's what I mean by the trans transformation, but it's been good. Yeah, well, all the bars there now, all the country singers are getting their own bars there mm -hmm. now. So mm -hmm. I think that probably doesn't help for as far as tourists flocking. <laughs> um, well, Nashville, very big barbecue, big barbecue guy. Memphis. Oh, Memphis. Memphis barbecue. Memphis better barbecue. So Memphis is better than Nashville. Memphis, barbecue. top barbecue. And I don't, can't compete. I know people <laughs> talk about St. Louis and uh, it's, it's Memphis for sure. And I'm, I'm biased, but I'm telling the truth as well. So if you ever get to Memphis, get some barbecue, go to Central, Rendezvous, those good really good okay maybe united can send us on like a scouting trip and we can just yeah I, i've been there before but i don't remember the barbecue oh man because the right places then yeah no it's a long time ago <laughs> it was a long time ago too um okay is that four have i asked four or three we're keeping sure. track all right you've got a this is um, your segment yeah i know but I, I had to take out a question and add, add this one. so are we 
Do you have your own clothing line? Is it your own brand or is it your own merchandise? Or what are we talking um, about? It's the lifestyle brand. Lifestyle um, brand. And right. it's got a really cool. So is it the name or the motto? Uh, both. Uh, grind hard, gang green. Yeah. Uh, GHG for green. short. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's a lifestyle brand. It's more about, um, you know, to make it really simple. You know, grinding, working hard to get mm-hmm. whatever your green is um, out of life, out of your sport, out of your profession, whatever it is. And so uh, being able to use my own experience and my own um, journey to to share. Um, obviously, I, I did it. Um, it's, a, it's a group of us back at home, guys I grew up with, and we all are doing it in our respective areas. Um, some is in media, some are in music, some are in fashion. Um, so being some are in business, include myself, but... Um, obviously being able to to project it as much as as much as possible uh, organically and um that's you know, that's our main mission um you know uh, our one of our logos is the hourglass and just it's mainly about time and how much you time how much you have personally um, how much time you have personally to to get everywhere whatever you have to get done so um it's been good it's going on two years now nice. uh, kind of started it well three years I'm sorry going on started it during the pandemic so it's kind of tough when mm. the world was kind of crazy but um been making strides and obviously just trying to get more, more and more, you know, people behind it, get some marketing and just, um, just try to express the message as much as possible, more so than the merchandise. And if we want to check it out, where do, where do we go? Uh, com, or uh, we have an Instagram as well, grindhardgangreen. So go follow that. Everybody get on that. Go for it. You on Instagram? I am on Instagram. We follow it. Yeah. You, you don't follow it yet, do you? Well, I did. Shameful. I only just found That's, out about it. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, do you, you I don't Instagram? have Instagram. I have Twitter. You on Twitter? You on Twitter too? Oh, okay. Oh, do you follow it? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh, not wow. yet. But you know, just this, this, this part about it. We got one one new person knowing about it. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, Ian, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you getting to know you a bit better, and we're also excited for. Uh, obviously our the rest of our preseason the blitz but september 28 that first throwdown against the phoenix can't wait thank you really appreciate it appreciate it all right thanks man thank you